Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. This news made Nehemiah very sad, so Nehemiah began to rebuild. He led the people day in and day out. Enemies attacked, but they overcame. God helped them finish the work in only 52 days. The Jews who had once been in captivity now returned home. Change your world in 52 days. The story of Nehemiah. Well, it is good to be with you all one more time. And uh, as we unfortunately kind of bring this uh, short uh, series in the book of Nehemiah to a close uh, this week, it's been a little bit of a, uh, a 30,000 foot, if you will, uh, view and look at the book of Nehemiah. I would love at some point in time... Uh, and I've known pastors to do this, to take an entire book of the Bible and just preach on it and preach on it and preach on it. And uh, we could uh, spend uh, a long time in this book of Nehemiah and all that, that it has for us. But, but today I want to talk to you about the aspect and the topic of finishing strong and what we can gain from the story of Nehemiah when it comes to finishing strong. Now this week, things in the, in the book of Nehemiah and the story um, that surrounds us, things get a little bit uh, wacky. It's almost like a soap opera, but with murder plots uh, entwined in. And, uh, and, and you'll see here in just a few moments, and, and you are, many of you already know uh, the story of Nehemiah, but things get a little bit outside the box, as, as they say. So if you would take your Bibles and open them up to Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6. Last week we talked about opposition and those who would come against you. And the reality is, no matter what we do in life, if we do anything, there is going to be those who oppose us, those who, who see things a little bit differently than us, those who criticize us and and, and I want to reinforce this. I believe I said it last week. Not all criticism is bad. There is constructive criticism. Uh, we are uh, such uh, creatures that though at times we think we know it all. Have you ever met one of those folks? <laughs> I've often been quoted as saying, and, and I take no pride in this, I've often been quoted as saying, I may not always be right, but I've never been wrong. <laughs> and uh, you can all pray for me. Um, but the reality is, as, as humans, we at times think we have the complete and totality of the, of the situation, but there are always aspects that we uh, do not see. And uh, we do face opposition, especially when it comes to 
being a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ in our world today, you will very quickly, once you start talking about Jesus outside the walls of the church, and sometimes even within inside the walls of the church, you will very quickly discover opposition. And it's what we do in the times that opposition comes that is important. Nehemiah chapter 6, uh, verse number 1 this morning. Verse 1 of chapter 6. And if you could, would you please stand for the reading of the word? I'm only going to go down to uh, verse, uh, verse 3 this morning. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together at a very long name, Hykephrim, in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you that as we sung earlier, that you truly are a good, good father. And we are truly loved by you. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus, that as we uh, sung earlier, that uh, you died to save us. We thank you today for your word and pray that your word would go forth uh, clear and that your Holy Spirit would transform the frail, meager words of this fleshly uh, mouth and transform them into the, to the words that each of us needs uh, to hear in these moments. We thank you for what you are going to do, for it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. When it comes to finishing strong, I want to relay something to you this morning, and it is something that you probably experienced in your own life. And the reality is, the closer you get uh, to doing what God wants you to do completed, the closer you get to doing that thing done, the harder your enemy will fight to stop you. The reality is as Christians, and, and I'm not saying something that you don't already know, but sometimes I think it's not that we forget it, but it becomes but it becomes so ingrained in us that we overlook it at times. And, and we miss uh, some of the attributes that come our way from our enemy, some of the tactics that he uses. The reality is we have an enemy. We have an enemy who is seeking to steal, to kill, and destroy you and me. He will do whatever it takes in the limited power that he has. And I, and I related last week, the Bible uh, relates that the lion is like a roaring lion. And I said that he's a, he might be a roaring lion, but he's got no teeth and he's on a real short leash from the Lord. He has power. Make no mistake. 
Don't be fooled. The devil has power. He does have power, but his power is limited. But he will use whatever power that he has to separate you from God. He hates God so much that he wants to separate you from him. And when you are doing what you believe God wants you to do, it could be as simple as coming to church on Sunday morning. He will do whatever it is in his power to keep you, to fight, to stop you. You may want to decide that oh, I want to get involved in a small group. I want, to, I want to be around folks who can pour into my life so that I can learn and grow. And you get yourself ready and, and the very first day of the small group you get out, you go out to your car and all the tires are flat. Now, now I'm not saying that you know, the devil flattened your tires. Or maybe that I am saying that. But the reality is I, I've seen this and I do not believe in coincidences. Those, that's just a fallacy. The reality is the devil will use whatever he can to stop you from getting closer to the Lord. And he has... Uh, some very interesting strategies. First of all, your enemy, as he fights against you, will try to distract you. Now, how many of you here are like me? Easily distracted. <laughs> um, I don't know. How many of you have seen, let me preface this this way. Have you ever seen the movie Up? You know, with my name is Russell. I love that little guy. But in that, <laughs> well, I have to help you cross something. Anyway, in that movie, if you will remember, the dogs uh, talk. They have special colors that talk. And there's one little fella named Doug. I, I so identify with Doug. Doug, if you remember, if you've never seen the movie, you, you should watch it. It's, it's a good movie. Um, he, you know, he's all focused in, and then all of a sudden, what happens? Squirrel! <laughs> I was, I was named wrong. I'm Doug. And it happens at some of the most inopportune times. When I'm driving, I don't need a phone to distract me. Um, you know, cows, trees. Ponds, scenery, people driving like they just got their driver's license. It's the things that distract me. The reality is, though, on a more serious note, your enemy. That's one of his tactics. If he can get you to look away from what is most important, he is on the way to defeating you. And in Nehemiah, we see this very tactic playing out. When Sambala and Geshem sent the message to uh, Nehemiah, come, come on, let's meet together. Let's, let's talk this thing over. Let's, let's gather together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. Now, this might be very plain, but never, ever, ever meet 
in a place called Ono. That should have been a sign. The reality is the enemy of Nehemiah, the enemies of Nehemiah, were seeking to distract him and eventually destroy him so that the work of completing the wall would stop. And when it comes to our lives, the enemy will distract us so that we will not live out the purpose that God has placed within us. If he can distract us long enough, we will forget that thing that we were uh, moving towards. And most of us are smart enough to avoid big distractions. But haven't you noticed, especially in your spiritual life, it's not the big things that, that get us off the rails. It's the little things that happen, and they happen over and over and over and over again. You know, people don't wake up and say, uh, you know, I want to destroy my life today. How can I do it? It's usually one small step at a time, one little thing at a time. It's the little things sometimes that left alone become the big things. The enemy will try to distract us. He will try to get us off our mission the mission that each of us have to be salt and light in a world that is spiritually dead, broken, and falling apart at the very seams. Now, I, know, I don't know about you, but I know that this is, I love fall. I love this time of year, but I also hate this time of year because it's at this time of year it's when we all get to exercise that wonderful civil, civic freedom of voting. And I'm not saying anything. That's wonderful. I hate what comes with it. <laughs> uh, you, know, um, you know, can we just all agree that we're sick of the ads on the television? Amen. Praise the Lord. In fact, I said last night, uh, you know, I wish that I could come up with some system or something or some program that as soon as uh, I already know who I'm voting for, I don't need to see all this. And, and then the second thing is I've wondered out loud at times because that's the way I do. It goes in my brain and it comes out my mouth. How many people have actually been convinced by any, you know, I'm waiting for the ads. They're getting worse and worse the closer we come to election day, and you should vote, and you should vote the Bible. That, that's the only encouragement. Open your Bible, then open your ballot. Uh, you know, but I, I'm afraid that they're becoming worse and worse, and they're attacking each other, and this guy's worse than this guy and this girl's. And, and, I'm, and I'm waiting for the ads to come up to say, this candidate hates puppies. You know, oh yeah, well this one hates kitty cats. Well, that's okay, because cats are the devil. Anyway, well it says that the, the devil is a roaring lion. It's not me. No, I'm just kidding. I knew that would cause a, that would cause a stir. That's why I put it in there. Uh, but the reality is I'm just... And it's, and it's distracting to us, isn't it? We can get so wrapped up in it 
that, that we forget about more important. And I'm not saying that elections aren't important. I'm not saying that any of that is unimportant. But there are more important things. We can vote for senators. We can vote for governors. We can vote for township trustees. We can vote for presidents. But the reality is, at the end of the day, those are all earthly. And at the end of the, the day, the reality is, is that you and I, as Christians, we serve a king, and a king that is enthroned uh, forever. Should we be involved? Yes, absolutely. Should we be a part of the process? Absolutely. But we can't become so distracted with earthly things that we forget the more important heavenly ones. Uh, Nehemiah's response to this distraction is uh, very, very uh, telling. It says, first of all, I'm not coming down. When distractions come, make the, uh, the intentional effort to say no. But in, in the uh, second portion of verse 2 and the beginning of, of verse 3, it says this. Uh, after he says, uh, come, let us meet together in one of the villages of Plano. But they intended to harm me. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Uh, they were scheming to harm me. But the reality is, we have to, especially in our world today, because the church of Jesus Christ needs you and I more than ever. Um, I, have, I have been concerned about the state of the church of Jesus Christ, especially in the United States. I truly believe that that, that the words of Jesus to the Apostle Peter, I, uh, on this confession, I will build my church and even the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And there are so many of us who, who uh, believe that and we take that and we understand that. But at the same time, we look into our churches and we wonder what's going on. They're not like they used to be. It seems as if the devil is winning, but it only seems that way. We, as those who continue to remain faithful, because the reality is, no matter what season we are in, no matter what circumstance or situation comes upon us, the Lord will always preserve a remnant. There will always be a remnant. And as his followers, we have to decide within us, no, I'm not going to come down. No, the, the government, the, the, the local people, they can tell us what to teach our children. They can tell us what we should do. But no, this is not right. It is almost like we need to embody the spirit of, of Martin Luther as we approach October 31st when, uh, when he said, here I stand 
I can do no other. We need to have that kind of temperament when it comes to pursuing the mission that God has for us personally, but corporately. The church here in Champion, you have a mission, and that mission is to reach as many people outside these walls for Jesus Christ as possible before he returns again. And the enemy is going to come, and he's going to try to distract you. He's going to try to get you to look other ways, but it's in those times that corporately, together, as the church, you have to stand up and say, no, we are not coming down. We are doing a great work. We are doing the work that God has sent uh, us to do. Secondly, Nehemiah says, I'm not giving up. Have you ever been tempted to quit? <laughs> Anything? Have you ever experienced February? I love February because it was the month uh, that I was born. But let me tell you something a little bit about February. February, there is a great um, reversal. Because in January, the 1st of January, people make these things called resolutions. And, and I don't uh, because I can't remember what I resolve to do. But so many of them are tied to, to physical health and you should be physically healthy. You should, you should do all that and take care of yourself. You know, this is, uh, the Lord has blessed us with these bodies. We should take care of them. But, but at the first of the year, we see all the people that, oh, this is the year. I'm going to lose all the weight that I want to lose. You know, I'm, I may look like a stick now, but in three months, I'm going to look like a bodybuilder without the steroids. Many of those resolutions are not real realistic, but what happens more often than not, and it happens over and over, and they say that within four weeks, over 80% of those who resolve to do something stop. The reality is, in the Christian world, it's the same way. Because let me, let me tell you something that you already know. The Christian life is not easy. This is not an easy path. It is not an easy road. It is difficult at times. But it's in those times that we have to keep in the back of our minds, and even in the front of our minds, the end in sight so that we can finish well. Nehemiah says, I'm not giving up. We are so close. I'm not giving up. In verse 11, it says that uh, Nehemiah reports, it says, but I said, should a man like me run away or should one like me run into the temple to save his life? I will not go. And so the reality is that the enemy will attempt to distract you, but also he will try to discredit you. He will try to discredit you. Oh, that person, you've ever seen that? You know, you know, Sister Betty Lou better than you? She knows all about you. In that time, the devil doesn't, isn't omniscient, he doesn't know everything, but he knows just enough. Your enemy will try to discredit you by spreading rumors. 
Have you ever had someone say something about you that just wasn't true? I've had that happen to me, and it's, it gives me no pleasure to say this, inside the church. <laughs> and let me, let me explain. Uh, prior to COVID, I would always make it a habit that when I was finished preaching, I would uh, go down off of the pulpit into the back so that I could greet folks as they, as, they, as they leave, to shake hands with folks who wanted to shake hands. Uh, there were those who, who liked to hug. I, mean, I, I dealt with it. <laughs> but that's what I, but that's what I, I just, that's just how I was taught. That's just how I was modeled to be by my mentors, to greet folks as they leave, to bless them, and uh, as they go on to their way. One Sunday, this is before COVID. COVID changed everything when it comes to all this. One Sunday, um, for some reason, I didn't do that. And the rumor was started that somehow, because I didn't shake someone's hand after church, that I hated everybody. (laughs) I didn't hate everybody. Have time to hate people. I got, I got more important things to do than to worry about. So, but, but the reality is, is that that started to kind of fester a little bit, and I had to address it. It's like, no, no, you don't understand. Yeah, it's not that I hate everybody. It was just that I was uh, forgetful when I forgot, and that's the end of it. And Nehemiah. The enemy continues to come after Nehemiah and those that are with him. In verses 5 and 6, in the little portion of verse 7, it says, Then the fifth time, so Sambalat, they're, 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 they keep coming, they keep coming. Sambalat sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter. That is a big red flag in which was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true that you and the Jews are planning to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king. Now this report will get back to the king, so come, let us confer together. I think that, that little phrase that's inserted in there is, is actually quite, quite funny. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's reported of the nations, all this stuff, and, and Geshem says it's true. And we all know that if Geshem says it's true, then it must be true, right? No, you know. And Henry said it was true that you hate everybody, So why you hate everybody? But the reality is, neither one was true. And these were just rumors the enemy was using to try to discredit Nehemiah and those who were working so that they would stop. Because, like I said at the very beginning, the closer you get to the goal line of what God wants you to do, the harder your enemy will fight to stop you. Not true, not true. He'll try to discredit you. 
by spreading rumors. And more appropriately these days, he will try to discredit you by tempting you to compromise. In verse 10, it goes on to say, uh, Shemaiah said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the doors because men are coming to kill you. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. The reality is, just as Nehemiah, as they are doing, they are throwing everything at him to get him to stop building the wall. This last thing is to tempt him to compromise. And if they can get him to compromise, they can point him out for the failure, the hypocrite that he is. And the enemy is the same with you and me. He will do everything that he can to get us to compromise. And, and it's not just, not just folks in the pew on a, on a daily basis. It's those in leadership positions. I don't have to report to you, but after, you know, just in the past few years, we've heard story after story after story of individuals who were in positions of leadership within the church who fell from grace because of one uh, stupid decision. And because of that, so much that was built was destroyed. The enemy will come at you and tempt you to say, oh, it's okay. He'll lie to you. He's a liar. The Bible says, and that lying is his native tongue. It's okay. Everyone, hey, everyone else is doing it. <laughs> you know what I always used to be told? Maybe you were told the same thing when you were a kid, when you wanted to do something with your friends. Well, everyone else is doing it, you know. Everyone else jumped off a bridge, would you? One time I made the mistake and said, yeah, if it looked like fun, that didn't work. That didn't, I don't suggest you do that. The reality is the devil will come at us, and he's doing a wonderful job. The devil is good at his work. Make no mistake about it. The devil is good at his work. He will tempt us to compromise. And he is doing his work within the church of Jesus Christ by getting those who claim to be Jesus' followers, who claim to be his disciples, so up in arms with each other that they lose focus on the mission. And we are seeing that over and over and over in our world today with teachings that are permeating uh, the body of churches that are not from the Bible. The reality is they are from the very pit of hell and they are dividing and they are destroying churches. And uh, just take, for example, the Methodist church and their struggle in recent days. They have gone through a horrible time over the over the issue of homosexuality and gay marriage. And there are other issues that, that tempt us to compromise. 
The reality is, as Christians, we need to remain faithful, not only to the Lord, but to be faithful to the mission that he has called us to be about, the thing that we are called to do and be in this life. I love, when it comes to finishing well, I love the aspect that the Apostle Paul, how he puts it over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 6, it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departing has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who loved his appearing. You see, the reality is this uh, series about Nehemiah just wasn't about something. And in the first week I asked you about what is that thing that breaks your heart and to be about that thing, to ask the Lord to give you a burden. And it is about that thing, but it also is about life. It is about the Christian life. You see, the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will do everything in his power to separate you from God. And if we will keep these aspects in mind, we will finish strong, and we can, we can testify to the Apostle Paul what he said. I finished the race. I've crossed the line. I've broken the tape. Here I am in heaven. And I've done what the Lord has called me to do. And we will hear those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. And in my mind, I'm hoping to hear those words. I'm also hoping to hear those words, welcome home. We've been expecting you. You are in for something. The reality is, this whole thing about story about Nehemiah just isn't about building a wall. It's about life and being strong and finishing strong. And I, I want to encourage you as I, as I close today. Keep close to the Lord. The distractions will come. The dis times when folks will discredit you will come. The temptations to compromise will come. The rumors about you will come. But keep close to him. And in the end, you will finish strong. I'm looking forward to the reality of not limping into heaven. I am looking, like a, looking to be like a marathon runner, though I don't run. Uh, you know, if, if you know, I saw them boys that were attacked by the bear. Uh, I don't know if you saw that story. You know, people, you know, run. Um, I can't even run away from dogs. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story as I close to illustrate my point. I was making a delivery to a house. It was down a very long driveway. It was wintertime. It was nasty, cold, slippery. And, and as I'm walking down to make the delivery, I, I look to see if there are any dogs. I did not see any dogs. 
I put the package on the porch and I'm beginning to walk back to my truck and I didn't see him, I heard him. And he said, at least it sounded like that in, in dog talk, I'm going to chew off your leg. That's how I interpreted it. So what else was I to do? I started running. Now I don't run, but I was running. And, and in my pocket, I always have um, at least 10 or 12 uh, milk bone dog biscuits to give to the good dogs. This dog wasn't a good dog. So, and I know it's a bad picture and you might be, this might keep you up at night. But as I'm running up this driveway, I'm pull, pulling out of my pocket milk bones and throwing them behind me, hoping to distract this beast from the pit of Hades so that he would not, you know, dismember me. Didn't work. It was so, and I feel kind of bad, but I kind of don't. Uh, I got to the truck, shut the door. He was running so hard that he right into the side of my And I did not say, well, I'll pray for you. I said, serves you right. And then I took 10 minutes to catch my breath because I don't run. The reality is the Christian race is a race that we run. And one day we hope to hear those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. But in the meantime, we have to be aware of the tactics of the enemy so that we can continue on the work that he has for us and not become another of his victims. Would you stand with me, please? as we pray. Father, I thank you for these good folks. I pray, Father, that you would just bless them abundantly in these days. Lord, that, that whatever it is you put on their hearts to do, that they would be hard at work doing it. Father, and on a grander scale, as, as we live this, this Christian life, Lord, I just pray that you would, first of all, that you would protect us from the enemy. But when he does attempt to to, to infiltrate and discredit us and distract us. I pray, Father, that we would have the wherewithal to, to, to fend back those attacks, that we would be very aware of his tactics, Father, so that we can relate and say uh, with the Apostle Paul, Lord, here I am, I've fought the good fight, I've run the race, and now there is a crown awaiting me. Lord, I pray that we would finish life strong. And in the meantime, I pray that your, your blessings will be upon us in real ways. We thank you in advance for all that you're going to do in our lives. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.